I wanted to offer a quick word of gratitude for the work that Kathy has been doing this summer, which has, of course, required adjustments and flexibility, and then adjusting again and finding more flexibility, and then changing once again. And it has been an ongoing conversation that she has kept alive with community leaders, as well as with uh, those administrators and teachers at the school to find out how this congregation can support and work with families as they also adjust and transition and seek flexibility in a school year that is nothing like we could have ever imagined. So, Kathy, thank you for your work and your leadership uh, on behalf of this church and with this church leading us uh, in this relationship with these education ministries. Thank you. This September, we are spending four weeks in the book of Philippians. This is week two. And we're reading a letter in which Paul is engaging with a church in Philippi that is struggling with conflicts in the community all around them. And he offers an invitation to live in ways that follow Christ deeply, for in doing so, Paul says, they shine like stars. They shine because the love and grace of God will shine through them to a troubled community that they live among. And so we read today from the book of Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, read the second chapter, and we will read the first 18 verses. So listen now for what the Spirit has to say to the people. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth 
under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, but even as I am being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And in the same way, you must be glad and rejoice with me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we hear the word proclaimed, would you pray with me? Reveal, O oh God, your wonder to our eyes, and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness, and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O oh God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways, and open us always to the guiding of your Spirit. Amen. In the Hasidic tradition of the Jewish community, there is a story that rabbis tell, that teachers tell. It is a story of a rabbi's son who began leaving the synagogue during morning prayers to wander in the woods. The boy loved being alone in the forest, and his father, the rabbi, grew concerned. In part because the boy neglected his prayers, but, but really more so because the woods were wild. They were dangerous where they lived. So one day the father asked his son, why do you go out there alone in the woods? I notice you've been doing a lot lately, the father says. And the boy responds, I go to the woods to find God. Well, that's wonderful, said his dad. I'm glad to know that you are searching for God. But you know, you do not need to go anywhere special to find the Holy One. Blessed be his name. You do not need to go anywhere special to find the Holy One, for God is the same everywhere, said the boy's father. And to his father, the boy replied, Yes, God is the same everywhere, but I am not. 
By letting go of the familiar, the customary in his life, the boy is seeking an experience where he is most open to God, where he is most available to God, where he is most receptive to the ways of God. And the story is not so much about where the boy goes, as it is about the person who he is prepared to be when he goes there. And so when Paul writes to the Philippians, he writes about a complete joy, an experience of unity, a fully connected experience between people, a faith community, and God. But it doesn't just end there. For Paul is also talking about a people who have a joy and a completeness and a unity with one another. You see, the book of Philippians describes what brings this kind of connection. And Paul says it outright here in this chapter. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now, to have the same mind as Christ Jesus requires people of faith to prepare themselves to seek life experiences where they are open, where they are receptive to meeting God. And this is a meeting that God desires from us every day. Paul teaches the Philippians that this experience of openness to God requires us to adopt a Christ-like frame of mind. We are to see the world the way Jesus does. We are to see other people the way Jesus does. We are to live and behave toward other people and toward the world like Jesus. And this is hard if not impossible. And we will fail, and God will still meet us right where we are. And in order to make room for this deep openness to God in our lives, Paul teaches the people in the Philippian church that they are called to empty themselves the way that Jesus emptied himself. See, this letter to the Philippians describes this emptying. It describes Jesus and how being in the form of God, Jesus did not take advantage of his nature as the Son of God for selfish motivations or personal glory or individual ambitions. Instead, Jesus empties himself. And what this means is that Jesus prepared himself to be entirely open and receptive to God's will. In Christian theological tradition, this is an idea, a concept that is known as kenosis. There's a whole theology written about these handful of words right here in Philippians 2. And what it describes is that Jesus prioritizes the way of God in his life before everything else. That Jesus did not give up his identity or his sense of self, 
but that in his own life, he prioritized God's desires and God's will first. And with this priority, Jesus then gave himself to all people. He gave his life through teaching and healing and compassion for broken people. Jesus gave himself to people of every time and place on the cross and through resurrection. Jesus took all of the love and the mercy and the compassion that was contained within his very being and he poured it out onto the world so that these things might be received by all people. And he could do this. He could do this as the Son of God because he had made himself fully open and receptive to God. And this very openness defined the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Now in this emptying, Jesus established a promise for all people. And I know this is a bit dense today, but if there was one thing you took home with you, if there was one idea, one moment that you folded up, put in your pocket to revisit later in the week, please take this with you. Jesus faced all that was dead, broken, sinful, painful, hateful, prejudiced, judgmental, wicked, and hostile that exists in the world so that we could empty ourselves of all of these things and everything else that might separate us from God and from our neighbor. And when we are empty like this, empty like Christ, we find our lives are filled with the desires of God that bring us into life in Christ. And this is at the heart of what Paul is teaching to the church in Philippi. For the church in Philippi models the challenges of seeking this kind of life. Now outside the church in Philippi, people in Philippi valued a more self-oriented way of seeing the world. The culture of Philippi was not the same as the culture that the church sought. Philippi lived within the context and the culture of the Roman Empire where status matter above all else. Humility was weakness. And so the church faces real conflicts in their community from different groups who are all fighting for status and the status that is primary. These groups were religious. They were political. They were ethnic. They were commercial. They were different bodies of people among other types of groups that existed among them that were all working for their own interests and benefits. And all this was very alive in Philippi at the time of the church forming there. 
And those values that were competing were becoming threatening to the future of the Philippian church. They were competing values that sought to fill people up with importance rather than the emptying and the giving of themselves for Christ and for other people that the church was trying to do, that Paul had taught them and they were pursuing. The church was anxious. They were afraid for the future. And Paul, he wanted to encourage them because he saw their gifts being lived out faithfully. He saw the teachings that he established with that church alive through them in this difficult place. The gifts of this life emptied in, to, in order to receive God were beautiful. Paul describes them at the beginning of Philippians 2 because people of faith finding encouragement in Christ. They were encouraging one another in Christ. They found comfort in the love of God because they are fellowship, a church by the Spirit of God, and because they humbly put others first, because they refuse to be selfish, proud, or vain, because they regard others as better than themselves, because they love one another and they live from that place of love, because they seek to lift one another up in Christ. And all this joy and goodness is experienced because the people of faith in the Philippian church put themselves where they are most open and receptive and responsive to God, which is the place where they can let the same mind be in them that was in Christ Jesus, the same mind in which Christ Jesus emptied himself so that he could be open and responsive to God. So how does one, a person, a person of faith, seek to empty oneself? How does a person seek experiences where we are open and receptive to God? The good news is that there are probably as many ways as there are people whom God created. When I think about Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church, it's a historic church. I stand up here with many of you in the Indian Village Home and Garden Tour is going on and people walk into the sanctuary and they look around. And when you look at the architecture and the history that goes back to 1854, this is a church that's got status. People know it when they walk in the doors and they ask questions about it and they name it. But the church empties itself so that it might pour its love into the community as it tutors children in the neighborhood and supports the education of students who live in our city and go to school at Nichols School. The church empties itself and becomes open to God on Fridays 
when people offer food to our neighbors from the parking lot. When the church empties itself for openness to God and shares joy and goodness, just like the Philippian church shared its joy and goodness. And when I think about my own life, what has opened me to God, what has made me receptive to God and God's ways in my own life, I've had this experience most profoundly in times when I've had the opportunity to listen to the stories that people tell. My professional life began as an oral historian. I was asked to be curious on behalf of the Joint Archives of Holland about the lives of strangers and invite them to share their stories, their personal stories for a human-centered historical record. Now listening to the stories that people tell offers a way of emptying by opening up to people's lives lived differently. I love the gift of stories from the past that can reveal what shaped a person more and more into who God has made them to be. I find these stories encouraging even when they are stories of living through difficulty, even when they are stories of living through adversity, because they remind me that we belong to God all the time. I remember as a teenager, my church brought our youth group to Israel-Palestine, where we heard the stories of adversity, of conflict put upon one another. And we heard the stories of people reflecting in their own conflicts and adversities they had found places where God was present to them that they had never known before. And they had hope that God would bring peace and would open joy unto them. When we tell stories, there are sacred pauses. There are emotions that don't surface don't surface easily until we tell those stories. And the activity of listening deeply to one another requires emptying ourselves of expectations and assumptions in order to receive them as Christ does. In one unique place that opened my own life to God in the past has been hearing the stories of refugees from a time when I worked in a church that had a resettlement ministry, listening to the trauma, the separation, the endurance through unimaginable suffering. I've heard the stories of people who were broken and resilient, as well as stories of sacrifice and stories of hope. Those were gifts that opened me to see God in places that I did not know God would be, in places that I did not fully understand. The invitation that the Philippian church offers 
to a contemporary church is to seek ways that we might empty ourselves in order to be fully open to God in our lives. Just like the father of the rabbi says in the story, God is the same everywhere. And just like the boy who responds, yes, but we are not. God meets us where we are, wherever we are. God meets us with love and grace. And God invites us, calls us to find the place where we are most prepared, most open to experience those gifts that God desires to give. And in that experience, we will never be the same. Thanks be to God, this day and always. Amen. Friends, let our hearts be lifted up with the gift of music, with the solo be filled.